right, the Positive Games is back today. My special guest is Omar Gooding, actor, rapper, writer, producer, jack of all trades. Omar, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, man, blessed and highly favored. Yourself? I'm doing well. Can't complain. You know, everybody's oh, good. Chilla, man. It's, you know, California. And it got cold and shit, so I wear a hoodie indoors. It's, it's, it's wild out here. It's cold for me. You know, people that laugh from the, you know, anywhere else, they say, what? What do you mean cold? This ain't cold. What is it? 50? <laughs> 50's cold. Exactly. I'm right there with you, man. I like the heat. Um, you know what, man? I've been real intrigued by, uh, by your career so far. I mean, it spans back to I don't know how many years as far as exactly, but you're 30 years plus, man. I mean, about 35, about 35, 35 years, yeah. you know, so, so when you, first of all, you know, I got to give you a hand clap for that. Shout out to you for that. Um, but longevity, how have you been able to stay on top of things and, you know, just busy um, over that entire time, you know, when you look back, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a it's a choice. I mean, it's a combination of things. I mean, for one, you know, the the lineage, my family, the bloodline. My father, Cuba Gooding Senior, the main ingredient was a um, big star in the '70s as far as uh, R&B and soul. Um, my mother was also a singer, uh, and in that era, uh, as singers, you entertained. You were entertainers. You know what I mean? So then they gave birth to actors and thespians um, because it's what they did. You know, right. they acted. So it's just, it's, it's, it's in the blood. So I started at an early age. Um, my brother started before me, but there's a 10 year gap between us. Okay. He's 10 years older than me. <laughs> and uh, I picked up a script for him when he was just starting out. And uh, his agent, you know, saw me and gave me a shot, sent me out on two auditions. I booked one and it was like, you know, smooth sailing ever since in the sense of constantly working. You know, first job I got, paid decent but i just was bit you know I, I already knew you know i was like oh if you're not acting what else you do look i'd be an entertainer you know um i also do hip-hop um because of the music in you know but my era was hip-hop as opposed to like r&b and singing and whatnot you know um but like the roles and a lot of it was just kind of like one thing after another you know i booked uh wild and crazy kids was the first regular series role it ran for three years and right when it ended i booked a show called hang with mr cooper which ran for the next five years and then one of the executive producers from that uh started a show called uh smart guy you know so then by the time that ended its run I was 24 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I got a call from the late great John Singleton that said, I got this movie called Baby Boy. Why don't you take a read? And the rest was history. The rest was history. The first thing that uh I remember seeing you in was Ghost Dad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my uh, my kids get a big kick out of that movie. <laughs> and then it was uh Wild and Crazy Kids on uh on Nickelodeon. Yes, sir. Um, and then yeah, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, I always wanted to uh host that show though wild and crazy kids i remember you know sitting there watching on the couch i said i wouldn't do that one day you know what i mean so, yeah man i mean it was a fun ass show i mean it was one of those things yeah. where i was I, i've always been a fan of my craft like i said the entertainment has just been in the blood so i would watch cosby show and you know all the reruns of all the black sitcoms and then the current black sitcoms at the time so then to meet bill cosby and do ghost dad was like you know what I mean? Right. Uh, Wild and Crazy Kids. I would watch Double Dare and all those, uh, you know, getting slimed and all those type of shows. So to be a part of one, the first season was super surreal. And then it became work 
you know, for me, right. even though we went everywhere, we traveled to every city in, in, in the U.S. And, you know, it, it, it kind of peaked when I met Arnold Schwarzenegger in D.C. Like, what? You know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was super cool, man. super cool to do that. And then at that time, um, were you were you guys uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper? Was that on the WB? Absolutely. No, no, no. Uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper was part of, uh, remember TGIF, that whole oh, lineup wow. with Family Matters and Full House and and us, and I believe it was another show. Um, but we were on the Warner Brothers lot, but it wasn't the WB. The WB oh, okay. started on my next series, which was Smart Guy. The Smart Guy was on WB first. It ran for three years. It ended. And then Disney picked it up. Right. So then when Disney picked it up, you know, they flew us all out to London to do this big launch. Um, and then they started airing it on Disney. And that's when the majority of my fans really saw the show. There's a lot of people. Oh, man, I love Smart Guy. It was on Disney, right? And I was like, well, it started on WB. A lot of people don't know that. It was kind of like Baby Boy. When I did Baby Boy, it went out in the theaters. It didn't do well in the theaters back then. Right. But BT played that joint yeah, yeah. every day, you know. <laughs> so like that's when most people saw the movie. Yeah, and getting into Smart Guy, um, I, I always my mother loved it too, still does, and my kids because it obviously it showed uh, a different side, not just a single mom that we're tradition uh, or accustomed to seeing. Right, right. The single father, yes. Sing, yeah, single father, and, and obviously you know basically three kids in high school. Yeah. Um, if you include yourself, almost four. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, two episodes that stuck out to me um, to this day that I still instill in my kids is is the internet safety um, mm. video with uh, with you know where TJ tries to buy those games uh, underground, um, yeah. and then the other one was the uh, the drinking, yeah. the drinking uh, where, you know TJ comes home drunk and uh, right. um, so a lot of life lessons on that show. You know, what, what was that like just, just filming, you know, good quality content? Uh, the dope thing about Smart Guy was the writing was superb. I mean, it was, it was really, really good. Like, the cast was good, but the writing was even better, so it made us look even better. Like, it was effortless to me. I just had a ball. Uh, when I got the scripts, I loved them. I love imp improvising and adding my own thing to a character, no matter what character it is. Because that's how I started out. When I started out, I got small roles and I would have to do something to make myself stand out. Mm. You know what I mean? So that right. they would increase my opportunities on screen. That's what Hanging with Mr. Cooper was for me. Now, with Hanging with Mr. Cooper, that show ran for five seasons. I wasn't a series regular until season four and five. Mm. But I was there since the presentation, not just the pilot, but the presentation. When they first sold it, Urban Robin was part of the script. Then they reshot the pilot. Then they started the first season. And I only got seven out of 13 episodes guaranteed, even though we shot like 25, 26 episodes. So I would do, I was only guaranteed to do half. You know what I mean? So, so the cool thing was I knew that the better I did, the more opportunities I would be given to be in more episodes and so forth and so on. So I knew how to take um, one or two lines and really just make the most of it. You know, that's what they would say throughout my career. Like, man, you that wasn't even meant to be funny. You were just setting up the next guy, but everybody started laughing. So we just left it on you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so I learned that at an early age and uh, you know, with smart guy, I didn't have to do much of that. The writing was so good that it was just like, Oh man, I can't let, let's go. Just aim and shoot. You know what I mean? And uh, it really was a good time. 
And then, so obviously you had a music background, kind of like you were saying, you've always been involved. Um, and Smart Guy, I guess for a lot of people, kind of let um, the world in, you know, because you did, I don't know if it was, was it the second season that you did the intro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people weren't hip to that though. You know, they would just be like, that sounds like him, I think, you know. I would tell people later, like, yeah. Then we did a couple episodes where we were like, right. you know. We're, what we was it, the Macadocious? Yeah, exactly. The band that we had. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when I start dropping music now, they go, oh, that's right. If I think about it, he was rapping back then. But, you know, we didn't know if it was something like overdubbed or if he was writing his own stuff. But I never, ever rap anything that I don't write. Because um, that's just me. I'm, I'm a creative guy. So I don't, I think, you know, they would say, oh, I want to write this. Or why don't you rap that? And I'll go, I'll come up with something. <laughs> yeah. And so was, uh, did you ever have thoughts? Because I, I know for me, I said, hey, uh, you know, your character and Jason Weaver's character said they could have their own show. You know, they could have mm -hmm. easily um, a little spinoff, Marcus spin and off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever think about that, you know, at the time? Not at the time, no. The time. Um, I think, you know, because everything was so, you know, as, as actors, we when we get a job, we're always thinking about the next job. You know, just what it is when you're on set. You know, as things are winding down, if it's a movie and you're about to end or if it's a TV show and there's about to be a hiatus, everyone always says, so what do you got next coming up? So what's the next plan? You know, so you get accustomed to going, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? But, you know, back then, spinoffs weren't a big thing. It was just like, all right, I got to book another show, you know. Now, we were so, you know, well off and we had such a good time that I wasn't really concerned about the next thing. I was just going to enjoy my youth because I worked through the majority of my youth, you know. And here I am, 24 years old. I, hey, I just want to go to Vegas and have a good time. You know what I mean? When John Singleton called me about Baby Boy, it was like, oh, there's an idea. How about you start getting considered for serious acting roles? Because in the 90s, doing sitcoms in the 90s, you weren't really taking that serious. You know, you can go and all, I would audition for stuff and they'd be like, oh man, you did pretty good. However, well, right, what's his name here? Okay, okay, he's from that sitcom. All right, let me try to sell this to the producer or the investors or whatever and they'd be like eh you know what I mean but John Singleton I keep bringing him up because he really as his birthday approaches R.I.P. King he really took a shot and said okay that's my guy you know that was his thing he finds guys and, and women and men from other genres per se rappers or comedians right. or unknowns and then develops into iconic uh, actors you know what I mean some win right. Oscars some just go on to have long illustrious careers you know whatnot um so you know i once again hats off to that man. yeah and then uh you know that leads me into into baby boy um because that was kind of for me anyways obviously a transition into like you said more of an adult role now obviously when the movie came out i wasn't allowed to watch it uh <laughs> mom was not having it so i was one of those you had to watch it on bt you had to watch it on bt yeah i had to wait i had to wait for mtv vh1 bt somebody that had the clean version right, before right. i was able to watch it um right. but anyways about the movie was it difficult not difficult i guess it wasn't difficult for you but was it difficult for people to see you in more of a serious role because i know Absolutely. some fans get like you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, I mean, what it was, was it's guy. not the fans that I was concerned with when I was filming it. It were my peers. My peers would look and go, oh, man, I, you, I, you, you booked that role for Sweet Pea. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Can't wait to see you pull that off. You know what I mean? And these are my peers that didn't know me personally. 
Right. My friends were like, oh, shit, you finna kill this. Because they knew me as a person. They hung out with me and had my back out when we would go out. You know what I mean? So they already knew what I was capable of um, and were excited to see uh, how we would actually get into it. I mean, you know, when John called me, he said, um, I have the script. Uh, I'll see you in about three months. Hit the gym and then come pull up on me with these with these lines memorized and let's get down. So, you know, 24 years old is nothing. You know, I'm coming off a smart guy. I'm a big round face kid, you know, and I just was like, <laughs> boom, shaved my head, hit the gym, showed up in the tank top with some jeans. It was like, what's happening? He was like, oh, shit, well, you look good. Let's see what you got. And then, you know, I was just full of, I had a lot of built up everything, you know, but he still had to mold me into that role. You understand right. me? Like, I always compare it to uh, Rocky number three when uh, Rocky kind of, he was already the champ at one point, but then he got beat by a dude that was just leagues beyond him. And Apollo said, look, man, you got to get the fucking eye of the tiger, right? So with me, with I had all this raw fucking energy, but it was too much. It was just yelling and screaming and motherfuckers was like, no, nah, man, that's not how you do it. You know, you got to internalize all that. Right. You know what I mean? And once you internalize all that stuff that's built in you, we feel like it's about to burst out of you. Now close your fucking mouth. Now deliver the line. Like, you know what I mean? And then I got the look, basically. You know, I got that, that eye of the fucking tire. And then once I had it, it was the easiest movie in the world to film. Everything after that, once I got it down, it was over with. And you really went on a run after that. I mean, because I remember um, uh, after that came... Well, the last movie after that for me was the gospel. Um, mm -hmm. I remember you did the uh, TV series for the for barbershop. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like ever since then you've been busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question for you, oh, go ahead. Well, let me hear what the question is. I get so my question is you you've been able to transition into obviously a well respected actor from your from your youth yeah. all the way into adulthood. Right. Um, why do you think that some child actors struggle? Uh, the, the main reason is their looks because um, just being dead fucking honest, you know, it's funny. I, I, when I had my, my son, uh, I remember a friend of mine, uh, I wanted to chop him in his throat when he said it, but it was a real statement. He was like, oh man, that's a, that's a very handsome kid. And I wonder if those are kid looks or if he'll wind up being an, an attractive adult in that sense. Like some people, some kids are really cute and then they grow up, you know, all kids, all kids are cute. Right. All babies are cute. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. cute, you know? And it's like, oh, da, 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 da. And you start growing in your features and your nose and this and that and everything. Now you're like, whoo, he's a cute baby. You know what I mean? So it's like, what happened to that cute guy? You know? Um, so that's one thing. I mean, in the, I know that sounded really weird, but it's like... <laughs> Uh, I didn't have that problem in the sense of, well, you looked like this, but you don't look like that anymore. Cause I just kept reinventing myself based on the roles. I didn't always say, well, I want to be that happy, go lucky, wild and crazy kid. You know, right, right. I said, all right, now I want to be that cool guy. So I adjust to that cool guy. And then I want to be that gangster, shave the hair off, get into that. It wasn't how attractive the guy was or how cute he was. No, he was a thug with a shaved head. Where did the sock little kids lined up at the park? Like, you know what I mean? So, and then you just keep evolving and you keep just rolling with it. You don't stay stuck in your, you know, your box of, well, this is just what worked for me, you know? So anyway, that's, that's what my story was. Um, 
but I mean, you know, I'm trying to answer your question in the sense of why do you think it's so hard for child actors to progress? You know, it just depends on what it was that was their, their thing that made them popular. Was it their looks? Was it just because they were cute or were they talented? Because there's a right. lot of a lot of actors, you know, it's funny. Uh, me and Leonardo DiCaprio both did yum, bubble yum commercials at the same time. And if you pull it up, you'll see both of our commercials that they show. <laughs> you know, we we're both little smiling, little smart ass kids. And then we both went on to do some gangsta ass shit as far as, as adults, you know. So a lot of it's just talent based. You feel me? Right. Um, and drive and it just being in you. You know, I think with technology now, a lot of people can sing regardless of how well you actually how much it's in the blood type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like right. my father was one of the greatest vocalists ever and none of his kids are singers. But I think we all have the gift. We all have the ability, but we never honed it. Okay. My brother, after my father passed, started doing Broadway. Now he's starting to try to sing and it's not, but his vocal cords are damaged. So it's raspy and you just kind of go, oh. you know, my sister was like, I don't want to be in fucking entertainment, forget it. My other uh, brother, you know, because I have another brother that my father had. Uh, he had a son when he was 16 named Thomas is a bass player. His voice. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Right. And then me, I'm doing hip hop. And now as hip hop evolves, I'm tapping into that side uh, of these vocals that I have. I do have like I'll mess around and hit a note. People go, oh, shit, I don't know you can sing. And I'm like, I can't knock it off, knock it off because they're not trained. You know, what I mean? gotcha. so I, I I'm getting there in the sense of kind of seeing what I want to do. And there's some stuff that I got that I don't, we have, we don't have enough time to get into it this time, but I'll come back with it. Uh, I, got some, I got some real fun stuff for y'all, man. It's going okay. to fuck a lot of people up. Um, but I did drop an album, uh, which shows my, my musical side, because a lot of it is about picking the right beats and choosing the right words and how to say things and inflection and using, you know what I mean? And the old school and what's old school now, it's funny to say Tupac and Biggie were old school. Like when I grew up, we, they was the youngsters that was just shaking up the world that died in their 20s. Now it's like, oh, oh that's old school. That's classic. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, but it's fun, though. That's that's my hip hop era that, you know, you got to just like in, in you know, we're talking about my longevity as an actor. It's the same thing with rap and hip hop, in my opinion, because it's all about adapting to the times. Mm. So with, with music, um, obviously you're not, you know, you don't shy away from hard work. So tapping into music, do you find that music is, is tougher for you or is it more natural than acting? Is it more natural than acting? Um, I think it's more creative. Uh, uh, for me, it's like with acting, you have to find the role that suits you. You know, as a writer and a producer, I did a series called Family Time. We did 91 episodes. I was a producer and a writer, and I did a, at least one script every season. Um, that's when I got to create a little bit, but I still had to stay within the parameters of the role. Right. With music, I can be anybody. I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? I can just create it. Though. I hear a beat and I go, oh, I should do this on it. That, you know, so it's more creative in that way. Um, as far as effort, I don't know. I'm, I'm an entertainer. It's just, it's in my blood. You know what I mean? So it's nothing is really difficult. Difficult is uh, turning 45 and jumping up as quickly as I did when I was 25. And then me saying, yo, man, hey, 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 stretch first. Stretch. Ease into it. You know, that's, that's difficult. 
but um but nah as an entertainer nah man this this is you know it's 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 a cakewalk in my opinion but there have been roles that have been more challenging than others you know like with baby boy i had to lose weight get in shape get the role locked in but once it was locked in it's nothing i did a series called playmakers i never got to play football in high school i always wanted to but i was an entertainer so i couldn't commit so I got a chance to play the star running back in a football show right? called yeah. Playmakers for ESPN. We filmed it out in Toronto. That was the most physically demanding shit I've ever done in my life. I got in the best shape of my life. I was out there running, blew my hamstrings out, running and racing these fucking track stars and these motherfuckers that's used to this shit and race, making it look all authentic and shit. You know what I mean? Right. Physically, that was the most challenging while also memorizing and all that. And then, you know, um, the toughest role that I ever, I, I pulled off uh was a movie called am radio which you can see right now you can go on tubi everybody i've been talking about it all year for the last two years since i made it well damn almost two years we're in 2022 uh but when i say am radio i think I'm, i have a radio show no it's not a radio show it's a movie called am radio written by ricky burchell and it is fucking fascinating it's the script was one of those where you say oh hell yeah this will be my my one like the right, one right. as an adult they'll go oh shit this motherfucker i thought I, I knew i loved him and when i read it from when i read it to when we finished editing this movie i said good job now it's one of those again kind of like baby boy it was out whatever didn't make that much noise but eventually people will see it and they will see where i'm coming from and they'll see me as an actor on the full spectrum um the line it was it's an all me movie Baby Boy wasn't my movie. Okay. In my opinion, that was Tyrese's movie. And I was the supporting cast to help him and his career while shining a light that I can do that, those type of roles. You feel right. me? Right, right. It opened the door for me to be considered and stuff, but not as the leading man. You know what I mean? That would right. come later. AM radio is my leading man, my okay. movie. There's not a scene. You was going to the bathroom. You didn't miss nothing. I'm in it. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, you know I mean, like a, yeah. I was like Castaways with Tom Hanks on the island. Like Omar, this, that's it. This the whole you. fucking yeah. movie, you know. So if you say I didn't like the movie for this or that reason, then you don't like me. Yeah, you know I mean, if you like my performance, then you like the movie. That's that's just okay. Plain and fucking simple. Um, but it was challenging because I I kind of compare it. <laughs> it's vain of me. Uh, to the Lakers <laughs> winning in that bubble the bubble yeah that fucking shit everything going on everybody's like oh it was easier easier you know what i think <laughs> like you know what i mean i don't I, that's not how i look at it for me you know it was like oh all you do is concentrate on those lines dude everything the uncertainty of life at that time and that exactly. year, 2020 was just it was a mind fuck you know and the in the middle of filming while i already had all that going on you turn on cnn and you watch george floyd getting his life taken uh, uh you know murdered by these racist motherfuckers and you go damn now as a black man how do you keep all your shit together you got kids you got these blah, 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 blah. you want to run out there with a you want to go crazy i have my craft i have my art and i have to just kind of pour myself into it and there's my therapy you know yeah. that's when i was filming am radio so all of that i had the covid hair in the face with the whole everything i didn't shave shit <laughs> i just everything. showed up to work and got down and while I have all that in the back of my mind, in the front, I got to keep all these lines and I got to stay in character. And it's it's no cue cards, no shit. It's just me 
memorizing like a motherfucker. Shout out to Bentley Kyle Evans, who is the executive producer of Family Time, where, like I said, we did 91 episodes, but we would do 13 episodes in like three weeks, which is just unheard of. I, I grew up in sitcoms where we would do one episode, it would take a week, you know? Yeah. I just signed a deal uh, top of the year with Disney. I'm starting. I'm starring in a new series for the Disney show, uh, okay. Disney Channel rather, called Saturdays, uh, with myself and Golden Brooks and a couple new stars and Masai Martin as executive producer. A whole lot. I don't get into that on but it's. I'm getting back into sitcom where I started, which is great. But it's right. for him, and it's like you know, it's like damn, this shit, TV. You back in TV? Yeah, because I am a TV <laughs> guy. Uh, but I've done some movies that I'm very proud of. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, it's still feel, you know, it's the greatest thing is I'm 45 years old and I have a five-year-old and two-year-old. So I feel like I'm starting over again. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm keep just getting on your toes. You know what I mean? They yeah. got me around. Daddy, what's this? Boo, where's your, oh, you rap? Boo, I made a song for them and my dog, man. Got so much stuff going on. Um, but they keep me young. God keeps me young. Um, you know, and I, and I, and I always think about my fans. I never want to let my fans down because I go out. Right. right. You know what I mean? If I, if I travel, I go out, I don't stay behind bodyguards or stay in the car or stay that I walk out, I go to the bathroom, move. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go over here. If I see somebody want to holler at me. Da, da, da. I like feedback. I like interacting with people. And I like what they say when they say, man, we're proud of you. Keep it up. Right. Best thing a fan can tell me is keep up the good work. And I say, you got it. Because I feel like I do that for them. I owe it to them. I, as a fan of my craft, have a few favorite actors and actresses that don't let me down. Yes. A couple of them do. And I'm like, shit, why did you, what did, why'd you do yeah. this one? Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> and I've done some cameos on some little movies that when I watch the movie, I'm like, goodness, this movie was terrible. But to help my people out type of thing, like, yo, man, we need you for a couple of days on this. Like, All right, nigga. You know what I mean? And I see it and I'm like, oh my God, I need to be an editor. Um, but as far as starring roles and, you know, if I say this is my movie and I say, y'all got to check this out. I think that my fans will be proud of. Yeah, I have a few. I have a few films that I've done over the last couple of years that I think guys are, are really going to enjoy. Plus, this new series, uh, Saturdays, that's going to start. We start filming in Chicago, okay, uh, in May, and um, that's going to be the next chapter. And right before that drops, well, before we start filming that, I got all this music that I'm getting out. Yeah, so excited, man! So excited, a lot of fun. So where do you, where do you find the time like juggling? I mean, family life, music. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, my God. <laughs> I'm so tired. As soon as we said click, I'm going to pass out, wake up, and jump right on the next thing. Um, no, it's it's funny because you would think, it's like, damn, how do you do all of yeah. that shit at once? But we have a lot of downtime in, in my business. It's a lot of downs. Nine to five. My wife is works at an engineering firm. She ain't got no damn time. I don't know how she do the shit she do. Packages arrive at the house. I'm like, when did you have time to order this shit? You've been, on, yeah. you've been working all fucking day, you know? But me, my thing is it's a lot of work and then it's a lot of downtime. And even when I'm working, it's like, all right, let's block this. Let's get everything set. Let's run the scene a couple of times. All right, we got a break. Call you in a couple hours once we have this lit and we're ready to shoot the scene. It's like, all right, what do you do with those two hours? Sleep? No, I slept already. I'm up now. Shit, now what do I do? Run your oh lines. All right, I know the lines. Now what? All right, let's write something. Let's FaceTime the kids. Let's talk to these producers about this next project. Let's get this, you know what I mean? My mind, but that's how my mind works. Yeah, you know I mean? And it works for you. For me, yeah, right. I love it. I mean, every time I'm, you know, I'm on set and they laugh at me because I'm always on my phone, I'm doing something. I might be get, playing like 
uh, dominoes or chess or whatever the hell. Like, you know, it's always something to keep my mind going. Or if not, I got my headphones on, I'm doing this. And they're like, what are you listening to? I got this beat. I'm trying to write this song right quick. You know, I was yeah. on a plane and wrote a song for my wife because we had a little delay. And it was like, all right, we have a delay before, uh, you know, we take off. And I was like, well, cool, I'm comfortable. Let me just pull this beat up. And I wrote this song out the way. Yeah, I mean, and when I landed, I hit the studio. So everything works. It all works. But it's funny. It's funny with all this stuff I have going. Every once in a while, you just have some time. And I'm just like, damn, man. I know there's something I could be doing right now. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things. And you go, up. Oh. You know, as this thing's going, my phone keeps flashing at me. And I'm like, yeah, relax. There's too many things that we can get done. But, you know, God makes God makes a way to... Uh, um, fit everything in in its in its proper place and thank god for the era we live in now with technology right and like i tra- i've been traveling a lot and i'll look back and just be like wait a minute what does my son do this see the last birthday we had blah, 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 and i zoom in and i just get to relive all those moments yeah you know and show him remember this was you it was like yeah that's me and that goes to your little brother and I, you know what i mean so it's a beautiful thing to be able to reflect like that because time's going by quick i mean especially Bye. The middle of the pandemic, but I mean, thing is, things are just going and going and going. Um, kind of switching gears real quick before I let you go. Thank you. I wanna uh, want to talk about your Lakers, man. Let's talk about it. I wanna I wanna know if you know Omar being the GM. If you were the GM, or hmm. you were you comfortable with the moves that they made in the offseason? And if not, what moves would you make to upgrade the team? <sighs> It's so funny, man. I have a chat group, you know, a Lakers support group with like five of my day one friends that I know are all real diehard Lakers and one hater because you got to have one outside voice. Yeah. And he's not a hater hater. He's just more old school than the rest of us. Actually, I don't even think it's old school. I don't know what the hell his problem is. He hates the Clippers and all that shit, but he loves LeBron. And I'm like, I love, I like LeBron and I'm getting there on the love part. Okay. But I'm the Laker that was like, so we're thinking about getting LeBron James. Like, shut your mouth. That's blasphemy. Why would I want LeBron James, the king? Kobe's the best. Knock it off. I don't want no fucking LeBron James. And then as soon as he arrives, you go, oh, all right. Yeah. Thank you for revitalizing the Lakers and making us relevant once again. However, I'm not going to get a fucking LeBron James jersey until we win one. You know what I mean? And then obviously we got there. Um, this offseason, I was I was intrigued because, you know, embracing LeBron. Another thing I'm going to say about LeBron is this is the other thing. You know, as a Laker, I watch 82 games, 82 Laker games. Okay. Yeah. If you're not a Laker, I don't watch you 82 times. Right. That's just what it is. I watch you four or five times, maybe six special time, whatever, whatever. Big game, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't have that respect for LeBron. Same thing with Jordan. Now, Jordan may be a little different because it was, you know, it's fucking Jordan. But everybody else is like, yeah, I hear about this. Even AD was like, oh, yeah, AD, I hear he's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen him before. I hope we get him. And then I watched him and said, oh, shit, this is a bad boy. LeBron, I have, I have a better appreciation for him after watching 82 games, him in and out. You know what I mean? Um, this offseason, you know, we got Russell and it was like, all right, let's do it. The potential, you're excited. But we're used to winning and, and clicking right away. Mm-hmm. Um, this LeBron James error of the Lakers is interesting because every season we've had a whole new fucking roster. <laughs> you know, they're like, everyone's not jealous. Like, He's used to that. This is what he does. I don't want to hear no shit about we need to trade somebody. We better trade shit. Just let everybody get healthy and rock out. Okay. We can win. I think we are really 
Um, what's funny is we're like 500 because we're playing like a playoff team. I know that sounds weird to say, but it's like the playoffs. We'll win game one, lose game two, win game oh, yeah. three, lose game four. But we've won every game seven. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll go up right above one game above 500. Okay, that's game seven. Exactly. You know, but we keep playing one good game and then one bad game and then two good games and then one or two bad games. So they're trying to figure it out. It's a lot. I fucking love the roster. Um, and I love AD. I'm going to stick up for AD, um, especially because of the bubble. I thought he was fantastic. You know, and everybody's like, I told you he gets hurt all the time. You didn't know that? He's Mr. Glass and all this other shit. And I'm going, I didn't see that in the bubble. He was a strong man. He hit the fucking shot and yelled Kobe. And we was all crying. Like, man, yeah, fuck, yeah. Get the fuck off. AD, y'all ready to throw him under the bus? Some of these fans, yeah, I want to shake him. It's tough, yeah. It's, t- it's tough. I think your fair weather ass on somewhere. But um, you know, last year I was yelling like, "Ah, oh, we need to do this trade, move the blah 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 blah." Uh, but this year, no, I think we're gonna be all right. Let them keep gelling and then just make the playoffs. I mean, that's what Lakers do. Let's get there. Just get them all healthy. Get them all healthy and get in there. I think uh, you know I love Vogel too. Everybody hates him. I'm like, I don't know, hate not hate, but they're putting a lot on him. You know, you're a defensive coach. Why is our why is our defense? right suspect so i won't say it's bad but it's suspect it's suspect um, yeah so it's it's all about focus you know what i mean and locking in and let's let, let's let, let's get to it you know uh go to state looks tremendous uh phoenix was a problem because it didn't seem like we could figure it out last season obviously um but then we were all hurt you know what i mean then yeah, everybody got hurt so and that was our best chance of winning being a, a phoenix fan i mean I know we're doing well this year, but man, I mean, you got to climb that mountain all the way up again. And now everybody's healthy. Uh, Clay's going to come back. Steph just broke the record. Um, obviously, we'll make the playoffs, but yeah, it's last year that hurt. It still hurts. But who knows? Mm, last year did hurt. That was weird. I mean, it was one of sometimes it's just meant to be for certain people. Right. I don't think, you know, not to knock him because I think he's a great person and their team is, you know, is pretty good. But I don't think the Greek freaking them will win another one. You know what I mean? No. So that was just their, their, that was year. their moment. That was it too. It was between the two of you guys. And it was like, shit, CA Phoenix has a tough pill to swallow. But then, you know, I think, I don't know. That, that's tough. That's tough. But and then on top of it, you know, the women's, they get all the way there, the Mercury, and then they lose, you know, but shout out to the Mercury. Shut up. Man. I didn't know that. The yeah. women got all the way and lost too? Yeah. Oh no. They lost to, uh, Candace Parker and those girls, man. Oh, and Candace. Where's Candace at? Oh, yeah, because she slid off too. We let her go, huh? Yeah, she's gone too. Yeah. So yeah. it is what it is, but it is what hey, it is. We'll see, man. Strong to the finish. You know, that's right. Who's your what about your NFL team? I'm a Chargers fan. Ah, dope. You know what's so funny? My son is five years old. He'll be five on January 27th of 2022. And for the longest, every time a, a game a team starts playing, he'll be like, Chargers, baby. And I'll go, what the? <laughs> Who did you, where does this, I don't know where it came from, but every time he says, is this the Chargers? I'm like, but he was born in LA, so I guess it's okay for him. Now, I'm a Saints fan, believe it or not. Okay. Because I was an SC fan for a while, and Reggie Bush and that whole era, so yeah. I followed them over, and I was like, okay, watch these Saints. These Saints, and from 06 on, I was just like, come on, man, I'm telling you, 09 was like pinnacle, and I'm like, that's it. That's my squad, so we going through it. Uh, but I like these Rams. Okay. And I'm rooting for the Chargers because I got them on my uh, fantasy. <laughs> I, got, I got Herbert yeah. on my fantasy league and a couple guys on. Yeah, you know I mean, so and I love LA. I love yeah. 
I can't only team I can't root for in LA is the Clippers. This is the only ones because the just, little brothers, the little brothers of LA. They're disrespectful. <laughs> they win a game and it's like we run LA now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got no banners. No you banners. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see what it is. But I appreciate you, bro. I got, I mean, I'm telling you, I got a lot of stuff, but I got a lot of stuff. We're gonna do okay, you know holidays. what? Anytime, anytime uh, you want to come back, you're welcome on. Omar, I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I got some stuff. I'm gonna shoot it to you and then. You bang it out when you know. Let's let's get busy, man. We want like a lot to talk about. All right. 2022, man. You stay blessed and have a happy holiday. You too. Same to you. Well, man.